Hello and welcome to the Hacked Off Podcast. In today's episode, it is time for a month in review. So October just happened. What major cybersecurity news can we take a look at? Well, there's been a major vulnerability in Chrome, which is uh, worth taking a look at. And there's a couple of details there that are quite interesting. That is CV 2020-15999, which was reportedly being exploited in the wild prior to a patch being available. That vulnerability I saw reported by Google's Project Zero. It was due to a um, vulnerability with Google Chrome's implementation of FreeType. It's a heap overflow allowing for code execution. So pretty major vulnerability. And it was reportedly being exploited in the wild prior to the patch being available. And that doesn't happen all that often. Um, very often when we take a look at um, breaches and the, the kinds of um, tools, techniques, and procedures that real-world threat actors are using, very often it's known vulnerabilities, common misconfigurations, default misconfigurations, those kinds of things. For an actual um, zero day at the time to have been used is surprisingly rare. I think it's one of those things that maybe we think it happens more than it does because when we hear about it, it's often quite a big deal. And when we think back of um, prior examples, so things like MS-17-010, that's the WannaCry vulnerability. There's some cool story there. So the WannaCry vulnerability, if you remember, is uh, the vulnerability itself, or the exploit rather, was leaked as part of the Shadow Brokers leak of the NSA hacking toolkit. So it's kind of cool, but that it doesn't really happen all that often whilst we may remember it because it's notable um it doesn't happen a lot but the google chrome uh, vulnerability in this case is a cool vulnerability heap overflows allowing for code execution are generally cool and being uh, a vulnerability in such a popular piece of software is pretty decent too i saw that report by uh, google's project zero if you haven't checked out the google project zero team it's worth checking their blog out certainly if you're interested in security research and that kind of thing they very often have uh, really interesting write-ups about vulnerabilities that they've found or things that they've like triaged because they've been reported in, in Chrome or Google products like that. So it's worth checking them out. Um, and in this particular instance, when I was looking at some of the details for that CV that I mentioned, it led me to something that I hadn't noticed before, which I thought was quite interesting and worth pointing out. On the chromereleases.googleblog.com site, uh, where Google publishes information about Chrome releases, um, it, uh, it details information about the vulnerabilities that they fixed, but also um, things like what bounty was paid if the vulnerability was reported to them through the bug bounty scheme. I figured that was um, quite neat. So you check out what the latest version of Chrome is, you get this neat little list of issues, what the risk is, what the bounty amount was, what the vulnerability was, and who found it. It's pretty cool. It's worth um, checking out. So if you haven't seen Google Project Zero's team before, definitely check those out. But if you're interested in Chrome-specific vulnerabilities and then the kinds of bounties that bug bounty hunters get paid when looking at um, Chrome stuff, it's worth checking out the googleblog.com site as well. So speaking of things getting exploited and bug bounties, it's also definitely worth mentioning the bug bounty team that recently took on Apple. So I saw this on um, Twitter a few days ago, uh, but it's kind of a, a big deal in terms of uh, bug bounty news. This was a bug bounty team that recently took on Apple and found a pile of vulnerabilities. Sam, Brett, Ben, Samuel, Tanner, um, a team of five bug hunters accessed systems between about July 6th and October 6th of this year 
and reported something like 55 vulnerabilities to Apple, 11 of which were critical and 29 of which were high severity. So that's a really cool um, story and it's written up on samcurry.net, one of the Bug Hunter team's uh, blogs. Not only does he have a write-up about you know, how they approached it, the vulnerabilities that they found, but there's also some nice um, write-ups about specifically how exploitation works. If you're interested in the technical details, they're on there as well. If you're just interested in um, bug bounty success, then by the 8th of October, that team had been paid $288,500 for the vulnerabilities. Um, they did know that Apple pays in batches, so they might receive um, more in the near future. But um, taking a look at um, Sam Curry's write-ups on his blog, um, they discovered vulnerabilities that were remediated quite quickly as well. So not only were they you know, re reporting all of these critical vulnerabilities, but they were commenting that um, Apple's response to some of these vulnerabilities was really quick, with them typically being remediated in within two business days and some being as fixed within as little as four hours from reporting. So that's kind of cool. It's cool to see um, both sides of not only a very successful bug hunting team finding some really cool vulnerabilities and then writing up uh, about those vulnerabilities, but also seeing the um, other side of things, so Apple's response and how quickly they triage vulnerabilities is cool. And with this number of vulnerabilities, um, it, it might at first seem quite surprising. It's like, hey, an organization, the scale of Apple having you know, so, so many um, critical and, and high-risk vulnerabilities, but it should be considered within the context that Apple's externally facing estate, in fact, Apple's estate in general, is huge. Um, Sam's blog states that their initial reconnaissance included something like 25,000 web servers. So um, yeah, the fact that there's a lot of vulnerabilities in there, security gets difficult with scale. It's something I always try and highlight on this um, this podcast. Very often you, you hear people talking about you know how things like, um, hey, security is really easy. You just need to patch your servers and pick secure passwords. Well, everything becomes difficult with scale. Apple's estate is huge, and the fact that they have a, a large number of vulnerabilities doesn't really surprise me. Some of the vulnerabilities were, were pretty cool as well, so it's worth checking out the blog to see some of the write-ups. Particularly interesting one was an authentication bypass that could lead to cut execution, and the uh, the process of how they found the vulnerability, exploited it, but also just a little bit around their thought process is on there too, so it's definitely worth checking out. And of course, it's a month in review, so another local council has been hit by a cyber attack. Um, a statement on hackney.gov.uk from the mayor of Hackney, Philip Glanville, reads, Hackney Council has been the target of a serious cyber attack, which is affecting many of our services and IT systems. Council officers have been working closely with the National Cyber Security Centre, external experts, and the Minister of Housing, Communities, and Local Government to investigate and understand the impact of this incident. Quite early on, I saw commentary about the attack stating that it could be ransomware, which does make sense for a sustained attack of this nature. And of course, local councils very often get hit by ransomware. However, that's not at all confirmed within the council. Um, the statements that I read from the council simply stating that a cyber attack has taken place. And I noticed that the BBC instead used the term hack attack, which is an odd choice of word combination, but that's how they were describing it. Um, reading one BBC article, though, dated the 13th of October, it, it does mention ransomware in regards to the red car in Cleveland Borough Council attack back from February of 2013. And um, within the closing remarks of that article, it, it does say um, ransomware attacks are a growing problem for public services from councils to hospitals. But it doesn't actually, through the article, the, the way that I read it at least, 
uh, appear to draw a line between the two. So it's talking about um, how Hackney Council has been hit, and then it suddenly just mentions some ransomware. So I don't know if that's uh, the BBC trying to get ahead saying, it's a sustained attack, it's quite likely ransomware, but they never actually draw a line between the two, which I thought was um, interesting. But local councils getting hit brings us on to ransomware, of course. I'll talk about ransomware a little bit more in a second, but um, it isn't just common attacks like ransomware that we're seeing this month or cool attacks against uh, software like Google Chrome and across Apple's estate. Uh, I also found several articles talking about nation state level attacks in particular, the fact that the United States of America has indicted six Russian uh, officers within the GRU intelligence service for their alleged role in, um, to be honest, all kinds of attacks, but in particular things like attacks against the Olympic Games, the Ukrainian power grid, and the NotPetya attack from 2017. Um, so... This is interesting because it's a little bit of the extreme side of, of cybersecurity. So sometimes when you're reading these cybersecurity news articles, it's quite easy to get depressed about how an awful lot of them are just ransomware. But in this particular case, it reveals some um, information about the fact that uh, nation-state attacks do take place and can be quite significant. So for this example, the charges are listed on the FBI.gov website and include conspiracy to commit an offense against the United States, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud itself, intentional damage to protected computer systems, aggregated identity theft, and false registration of a domain name. So um, a serious hacking capability, taking on some serious targets, power grids, Olympics, and then the whole not pet your attack, which was quite significant for an awful lot of organizations such as Mesk and uh, DLA Piper, getting hit um, quite significantly by that attack. But um, the, the reason that this was interesting is um, attribution is very difficult. So seeing how these kinds of attacks are attributed is always interesting. And then also seeing um, the, the other side to hacking. So very often we, when we think about hacking, I guess um, when I talk to people in things like security awareness training, they think of computer hackers as like this stereotype of, you know, a bored teenager in a basement. But in this instance... Um, these are, you know, significantly resourced, significant capability nation-state threat actors. Um, on the FBI.gov website, it include comments such as, they should be considered armed and dangerous, an international flight risk, and an escape risk. Um, I also noted that um, the, the ones that I read at least had last been seen in like Moscow, Russia, or other Russian locations. So it's um, of course interesting to see them be indicted at all, given the fact that they're in Russia. But, um, you know, hearing things like armed and dangerous isn't necessarily the terminology you typically expect against the maybe stereotype of commonly what is considered like a, a hacker. I'm getting like mental images now of um, hacker stock photographs of them like um, tapping away on keyboards wearing gloves with their hoods up. But in this case, um, this is the extreme end of the threat actor spectrum. These men are, of course, alleged to have been Russian military officers, um, intelligence officers assigned to units like 74455. So um, significant capability, and it's interesting to see this uh, being written up. And of course, finally, it wouldn't be a run-thin review if there wasn't a major ransomware attack or a major organization getting taken down. In this case, uh, French IT consultancy Soprasteria were reportedly hit by ransomware. Um, again, the um, organization didn't explicitly say ransomware, but there's a lot of reports of it likely being ransomware, and in particular some sources noting that is what it is, talking about some of the technical details. But Subprosteria, if you're not aware of that organization, is huge. They have revenue in the region of 4.1 billion euros. 
46,000 employees operating in something like 25 countries. They issued a statement on October 21st that read, A cyber attack has been detected on Soprasteria's IT network on the evening of the 20th of October. Security measures have been implemented in order to contain risks. The group's teams are working hard to return to normal as quickly as possible, and every effort has been made to ensure business continuity. So whilst the Hackney story um, didn't stay, it was ransomware in this particular case, you can see the Soprasteria um, statements, also not saying it was ransomware, but uh, several news organizations have reported that sources indicate that is what it is. And that is what has been going on this month. So we have new vulnerabilities being released in Google Chrome and a write-up expected to be released on the 26th of October. Uh, for the technical details of that heap overflow that I mentioned, that might be worth checking out if you like the technical details of real-world vulnerabilities. We see um, Apple getting uh, all kinds of vulnerability reports from the bug hunting team. So you can check out the technical details of that on samcurry.net on, on his blog where he writes up the, the details there. See Hackney Council having a sustained cyber attack, possibly uh, ransomware. So Presteria getting a sustained um, malware attack, possibly ransomware. And then that extreme example of GRU intelligence officers compromising all kinds of systems from the Ukrainian power grid to the Olympic Games to, of course, the NotPetya attack, which happened in 2017, but was significant, uh, posed as a ransomware attack, but seems to be a data destruction attack. So um, some details coming out from the people who are allegedly behind that attack. So a lot happening this month, but that is it for this The Month in Review, and I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you.